0: And now back to Lifeline.
1: We are back. The time is 610 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open. one 3675 3 lines are open if you want to give me a call and have a conversation, as did our other callers. We'd be glad to hear from you. one 3675 Let's go to line four and talk with Ellen from San Mateo. Ellen, are you there?
2: Uh, yes, I am. How are you? Um, very well it's a wonderful, as always to talk to you I, I just before I start, um, I just wanted to say um, i don't know her obviously, but um, uh, the, the gentleman who's married to Melody uh, is very fortunate she uh, comes across as such a sweetheart to have a godly, wonderful woman like that by his side and I pray for him that that whatever his issues with his stomach uh, uh, gets resolved so he,
1: he married up for sure he married oh, up
2: he, you could just, you could just. Oh, he was great. So uh, it, 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 to have that woman by his side, that that's that's good medicine.
1: You would like, you would like, you would like Willie too. I'm gonna tell you, uh, Ellen. Willie is a a nice uh, brother. He has such a winsome uh, character as well. You would just like him. He's he he he. he um, he adorns me as a pastor, uh, having people in our congregation like Willie and Melody. They are, they're they a real blessing. So thank you for that encouragement, because like I know, they're both listening. They live way out in Patterson. Oh. Yep. And uh, so they come. They come. They're committed. They're faithful. But he's uh, dealing with some challenges. As you know, we bump up against them, and so oh, they, yeah. they need our prayers. What's your thoughts today? Well,
2: okay, let me get to the thoughts. It's funny. Just those who are listening, it's not funny, but I was— you know, they had a, you know. You hear the commercials during the break, and they're talking about the the news break. You know, and in, in mm-hmm. Maine, assisted suicide. Sure. but I don't want to get into that. I mean, it's, there's so much to talk about, but it was right in line with what you're talking about. And and um, and, and and I have such a thing. You, as always, you hit on so many things. So I'm going to try to uh, rein myself in and be uh, concise. Okay. Um, and you're you're so true. You're so right. I, I, some of these churches nowadays, the feel-good churches, and, and the, you know, I, uh, uh, accommodating what people want to hear, changing the, the tenor. We yep. have to, to really, if only people could, I, I was almost in tears listening to you because I thought, this is what people, this is what Christians need to hear. This is what Christianity is. This is, it's not, you know, you get, get away from all this other stuff. But but my question to you is, and my thought is, I don't know if you've ever thrown um, you said something about what, you know, people, and, and I'll get to my question, but you said people want to know what what's their purpose. Have right. you ever thrown a boomerang? Sure. Okay, so a boomerang, inherent, if there anyone who doesn't know, and I'm sure everybody does, uh, in a boom, inherent, excuse me, I have a little cold, so I apologize for my voice, mm-hmm. in a boomerang <laughs> is that it's one thing. You send it, it comes right back. Right. It's not like, you know, well, you know what, I'll think about it, maybe, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, no, that, that's the whole, it's one, whoa, it's very smooth. Right. And so for me, that's what, uh, you know, grace is. We mm-hmm. get it, and bam, we have to give it right back. There's no thought, there's no, there should be no, it's one movement. I like um, that. And it, is, it is a grace of God And it comes, and there's no question, there's no, uh, you know, we don't have, uh, you know, what you said is so true. We have to know the word, and sometimes I feel a little intimidated if I want to tell someone, because you're right, you said you can't run, you can't, you have to know the word before you minister to people. I'm not a minister, I'm not ministering, but we always try to affect people. Absolutely. But but when people say, what's my purpose, your your purpose is um, to to give back immediately when, when you receive the grace of God. And we do. I know I, I, would, I literally would be dead without mm-hmm. the grace of God. And I'm not, I'm not being melodramatic. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into the story. Mm-hmm. But God is so good. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's not, it's not even a question. Yep. It's not a question of, well, you know, I need to know more. Yeah, I need to know more. I, I listen to you, and I, I just want to crawl in a corner sometimes. I think, can I really call? Can I really have the nerve to get on the air with this man? Um, I don't have the, 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 the knowledge yet. I have the wisdom for, through the Holy Spirit. I don't have the knowledge yet. So I'm a little intimidated, but, but there's no question that that should be our focus. And you know what, Pastor Jesse? It would take, take us away from all this other stuff, yep. um, victimization. Yep. And, you know, people, this, this kills me. Excuse me, for, forgive me. I have to watch our words. Nothing kills me. Um, okay. So the, I understand
1: the, the euphemism.
2: Yes, I I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pastor Jesse, I tell you, we we just love you so much. Now listen, the the thing is that when people say um, in today's world, and everybody's so angry and everybody's so divided, yep. and they're all yep. getting, a, we, we don't know this. We don't have to go over mm-hmm. that. Okay. So the, I, I, was, I had lunch with this woman, and she said, to her, you know, I want justice. I want ju-. She had some uh, issues. Who knows? I don't know. Just, it's not important. I'm not going to talk about it on the radio anyway. But she said, and I want justice, and I want, uh, you know, uh, to get back at this person who did this to me and to my family and all, and, and, and my relatives and mm-hmm. my past relatives. Mm-hmm. And And I said to her, you want justice? I didn't say it to her because, you know, I don't know her well enough. But I was thinking. If you really want justice, then you better go and get yourself a swimsuit. They're on sale. It's summer now. You can find one because it's going to be very hot because if you got the justice you really deserve, That's right. you'd be going to hell, honey That's bun. That's right. So um, you don't want justice. Trust me. Right. And so we have all the justice that, that we could... Uh, it, I mean, they're, they're, I, I just can't. I can't take it anymore because people... Particularly Christians, now people who aren't Christians, they have to learn. But Christians who say that, Christians who say, you know, I'm angry about this issue, I'm angry about this, and I want, you know, whatever. Um, uh, no, uh, we have so much justice. I, I am so blessed. Yeah, there are a lot of things that people say, you should have sued, you should have done this, and what, what happened to you was terrible. You know, no, <laughs> what happened to me is that I, I'm going to cry. The grace of God saved me. Yep. I have eternal Well, What is better? What can I get from this stinking... Excuse me for saying this. I'm going to be a little bold here. This stinking world mm-hmm. that God... I mean, uh, that, that that there's going to be as good as what God has given me. Right. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Right. So, so all I want to... So my question to you is... I have to calm down, because I get so worked up when I call you all the time. I, I have to stay calm. So what what my question to you is, should I... Uh, Because I want every moment to 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 give it back to God. I don't care if it's a praise, if it's Thanksgiving, just between the the two of us, or whether it's when I'm out with people. Um, And so should I not say things to people until I have a a firmer grasp of the word? Or, or, you know, because you were kind of implying, don't jump out there too fast. And, And maybe you were talking about pastors or other people, but should I you know uh, i mean i want to be able to answer people's questions and i want to be correct in the doctrine
1: mm-hmm.
2: but but can can you kind of do a little uh, i mean I, but I, if i if i'm in, in a you're very
1: clear you ellen you're very clear and oh, i'm going to take okay. a break and i'm going to let you listen to me offline because your question is germane it 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 merits development for me to say don't run until you're sent and so i will deal with that both on a normal Just a believer in general sense. How much do we say about what we know about God in any given context? And how much should we be concerned about preparing to say something about God? I'll develop that uh, offline with you. We're going to take a break and pay some bills. Very good question. It's time to go to class. So so a lot of us will (laughs) get some education around something that's important to all of us. So thank you for that call. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, all the lines are open, one 3675 329 All the lines are open, one 3675 329 and we will take our sister Ellen's question up as part of uh, academics today on what it means to be a believer and what it means to talk to someone from a place of faith, grace, and knowledge. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. All three lines, all four lines are open, one 3675 We'll pay some bills and be right back.
0: And now back to lifeline
1: all right we 're back the time is six twenty three on the monday edition of lifeline i 've got uh, three lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Ellen was asking the question along the lines that I was talking about um, prior to her 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 call being picked up on how should the believer understand their responsibility. And engaging people in conversation and topic, and I know that this is a very challenging area um, because I hear people make mention of it frequently. There was a uh, there was a young man that I was talking with in 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 my uh, in passing on Sunday morning as we set up. We have a fairly elaborate setup on Sunday morning so we can meet people in a social context. And uh, a couple of young men were talking in our church about. The struggle that they have when they're talking with someone at work, on the job, or uh, out and about, and, and 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 learning how to know when to say something uh, relatively important that would come from a, a biblical standpoint, standpoint or a biblical worldview as a Christian. Um, or just maintaining a back-and-forth kind of uh, dialogue with that individual over mundane things, trivial things, because we engage them on that level too because we are interested in those things as well. How does the believer engage people in a way that would be acceptable and uh, and, and receive God's approbation? What would be considered the wise way of engaging people? When is it time to talk? When is it time not to talk? And uh, how important is that for the child of God? Well, I can tell you it's very important. It's very important. You want to be a person whose joy is full in the context of meeting uh, people's uh, needs in the area of words and conversation and counsel and discussion. You really do want to learn what the Bible would have you to learn about the kind of character that we need to have, along with the kind of content we should also have in order to communicate uh, to people effectively about the Word of God. So I'm just going to share with you guys some fundamentals, okay? First and foremost, if we're going to be a very good communicator of biblical truth in a casual context of what we would call homiletics. Now, I know some of you have heard homiletics as a discipline of how to prepare sermons and to deliver sermons, et cetera. But homilia is a Greek term that simply means to have a conversation. It's exactly what Christ demonstrated. I use this as my model when I teach our men about homiletics in Luke 24, when the two men that had been at Jerusalem when Christ was crucified was headed back to Emmaus. They were disciples and they were completely disillusioned about um, what had occurred because they weren't ready for Messiah to be so dismally rejected and then shamedly accursed by being crucified And uh, and for all intents hung on a cross that just completely destroyed their whole point of reference. And as they're going home, they're just utterly at dismay. And do you guys remember what happened in Luke 24? You can start in your own Bibles around verse 24, 25. And Jesus appeared in the midst of them and he began talking with them. That's all just having a conversation with them. So what are you guys talking about today? The Greek word there for talking is homileia. And that's exactly what homiletics is. Homiletics is a conversation. So every believer is called to be a homiletician. Uh, Every believer is called to be a minister in that regard. So uh, Ellen was right. She's called to it as you and I are called to it. But there are some rules to follow. Now, Jesus walked with them, and that's what you're doing when you're engaging with people. You're walking, that's a metaphor. Jesus walked with them and talked with them. That's called fellowship. And he engaged them in the topic that was of concern to them. So he didn't create a topic. That's, That's not properly homiletics. He engaged a topic. He used that as a platform to actually insert biblical theology. So as he said to them, you guys have forgotten what the scripture said relative to this particular topic because you are slow of heart and you are fainting around what you see when you should really be adjusting what you see around what you know. So homiletics is really having a conversation like you and I are doing right now, like we do when we go back and forth on the phone, but it becomes a little bit more technical and a little bit more uh, authoritative when you and I start in. Parting and imputing biblical concepts and biblical notions and biblical ideas in our conversations with people. Now, if we're going to be helpful to people, I'm going to give you about five verses to con- consider. The first is James chapter one nineteen, where it tells us to be swift to hear, be swift to hear, and slow to speak. Now, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to be swift to hear and slow to speak? Because you are not a wrathful person that wants to wrestle and argue with every person that you meet, not as a mature believer, not as a wise believer. If you're going to be wise unto salvation, if you're going to be, uh, uh, as the proverb puts it, a wise, uh, a wise person, winning souls. If you're going to be wise at winning souls, you're going to definitely have to learn how to hear More than you speak. So when James says, let us be quick to hear, let us be quick to the hearing. And let us be slow to the speaking. That means the words that come out of our mouth should be deliberate and careful and relevant. We're not pythons trying to tie people into knots and drag them into our debates, issues, arguments, contentions, stripes, and burdens. We're not making proselytes. So, so uh, the attitude that you and I have to have around uh, conversating with people where God is glorified is first learning how to listen. And then if you will, you can take up Ephesians chapter four, where Ephesians 4 tells us about a kind of uh, attitude and disposition that would serve to make sure that we don't become uh, 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 difficult and contentious and and striving about words, which the church has been known for for some uh, 1,900 years. Now, the Apostle Paul says in verse 29— Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That's where we can start. Corrupt communication means that our knowledge base is corrupt out of the abundance of the heart doth the mouth speak. That's Matthew's 15. So let's listen carefully, carefully to me, ladies and gentlemen. If I got a, if I'm in a bad way with a bad attitude and a funky uh, view about the world, if I'm angry, if I'm mad, if I'm, if I'm burdened, it's going to come out in my words. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to corrupt good words with a bad attitude and a funky perspective. So let no, corrupt, no, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good, but that which is good to the use of edifying or building up that it may minister grace to the hearers. Ephesians 429. That's what Ellen was saying. You know, our goal should be communicating grace. She was talking about somebody wanting justice, wanting justice. There's a lot of people out there that want justice. I fully agree with her. You don't want justice, not unless you're a hypocrite. In the context of wanting to meet justice out on someone, because if God gave you justice, you and I would be annihilated. We would be completely irrelevant, insignificant. You and I live on the mercy of God every day. We thank God that he poured his justice out on Jesus Christ as our substitute and mediator and go between so that Christ can shed upon us the mercy that comes from his atoning work. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers." What that means is anyone listening to you should hear. I tell my guys this all the time. And my ladies, I love to talk to our ladies because we have a ministry with women. That's absolutely critical. I say, ladies and gentlemen, when you go away from an atmosphere, when you go away from a group of people, one person or two people or 10 people, when you go away from them, can they say of you? That that man taught me something. That woman taught me something. I'm better now after having been in their presence than I was before I ever met them. And if you and I can't say yes to that, if you and I can't say that we have been able to help them, aid them, edify them, build them up, clarify where they are, even if we have to deal with difficult things, then we missed the point. Our words should be good words used for edification. It says here in verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. What does that mean? Well, we'll be dealing with that more fully fully as we go through the person and work of the Spirit of God. That'll be about eight weeks. This particular verse says this. That I have a paraclete, I have a pedagogue, I have a counselor, I have an advocate, I have an apostle that dwells with me and his name is the Holy Spirit. And his job is to work in me the will and to do of God's good pleasure and to conform me to the image of Christ. And to monitor as well as develop my character in a way that what comes out of my mouth is pleasing to him. And when it's not... He's grieved and I'm grieved. And I might say this. There are a lot of Christians who are grieved continually because of a lack of the approval of the Holy Ghost in your life because you are a contentious man or a contentious woman. You just like arguing. You like winning the day. You like winning the debate. You like winning the argument. And this is especially egregious In the context of marriage, between a husband and a wife. I'll be doing a series in September, Lord willing, called The Art of Cooperation. It's a marriage seminar that we do every couple of years, Rules of Engagement. You need to be there. The Art of Cooperation. We dealt with this a couple of years ago around communication, and we were dealing with Proverbs chapter 15. That's a good place to go, about eight verses for you to learn how to talk. A soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up strife and whenever you find that you're developing a pattern of being in conflict with people, you're not a good communicator. You're just not a good communicator. So here's what Titus chapter one says this is another place that we should learn. It. Titus chapter one lays out another set of uh, instructions and dictums for the believer to be something different than people are today. Because Ellen is right. There are a lot of people walking around angry, upset, mad. And these are what I call the political angry people. These are the socially political angry people. They even may, may be believers, but they are identified not with Christ in joy, righteousness, and peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And if the kingdom of God is in you, then what should be emerging from our character, emanating from our character and the, and the tonation as well as the, the um, content of our words is righteousness, peace and join the Holy Ghost. Now listen to how Titus instructs both men and women to talk. This is Titus chapter 2 verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Speak thou the things that constitute sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober, not silly. Grave. That means uh, uh, discerningly uh, aware of their culture and and atmosphere and then temperate. That means they're not given to the hypocrisy of some kind of high horse holy man, but rather temperate, meaning that they have a disposition of being able to recognize the world that they're in, engage it without being consumed by it. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, be real, be real. Be real. Don't be phony. Don't be this uh this kind of holier than thou individual uh, who 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 has or always have a deportment that that acts as if you are uh so insulated from the world that you are untouchable. Don't do that. Be grave, temperate, sound in faith, sound in your charity and in your patience. And let the aged women likewise also be in behavior as becometh holiness. That is that you spend a lot of time with God, not false accusers, not gossips, not given to much wine, not 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 wine bibbing women, but teachers of good things, that they may be be able to teach the young women to be sober, sober women, wise, discreet that word sober covers a whole lot of the areas here because we live in a, a an age of frivolity. And entertainment, I got an article in front of me called uh, why hospitality beats entertainment, why hospitality beats entertaining. Do we mean by that? Are you better at entertaining people than hospitably engaging them in real issues in life by which you can point them to the wisdom of God's word in a way by which they are edified? Or are you inclined to entertainment? And and quite frankly, I'm going to take a break now because I'm way overdue. This is true for our churches. Our churches should be hospitable, not entertainment centers per se. Warm, winsome, welcoming. But when people come in, they should immediately sense that they are moving into a dimension in reality that has to do with a reverence for the true and the living God and a commitment to the truth of God's word, where they are gripped with the fact that they are now going to engage the presence of God's spirit in a genuine way, not this kind of superficial, kind of weird, bizarre, uh, religious way. I'm talking about in an authentic way wherein the hypostasis, the, the God man is present by his spirit to bring us into a saving knowledge of him in a joyful walk with real down-to-earth redeemed sinners. Real down-to-earth redeemed sinners who are learning how to love one another out of a pure heart fervently and helping people to understand the grace of God. I've got to take a break. When I come back, I'll, I'll continue to develop this and take your phone calls. Three lines open, one 3 lines open, one one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. A lot to say about this topic. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
0: And now back to Lifeline.
1: We're back at the time six forty seven on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We are talking about how to communicate wisely as a believer. And I'm laying out some passages or principles rather that would help us to to recognize the benefit and privilege of talking with people, but also the responsibility of um of character and content in doing so. And I spoke earlier about uh, knowing how to listen more than speaking. James chapter 119, be quick to hear, be quick to the listening. That's what it, it's really saying. There's a larger context around that. That really has to do with whether or not men and women want to actually be a mouthpiece for God. If you want to be a mouthpiece for God, really take preaching and, and teaching seriously to be quick to the hearing really means to uh, be devoted to sound doctrine and sound teaching and, and great exposition of Scripture with the heart available to learn from God through that method. That is the uh, one of the efficient methods by which you grow in uh, those whom God has gifted to expound and explain and deliver his word. Be quick to the hearing. Have a heart that loves hearing sound doctrine, sound teaching, sound counsel, And then let that counsel, teaching and doctrine shape your heart, because when it shapes your heart, what will come out of your heart is sound doctrine. And this is exactly what Paul is teaching Titus to teach the members in uh, Titus's church as well. Uh, As we were dealing with the women, it says that the women may teach young women, Titus 2, 4, to be sober, to love their husbands and to love their children. And uh, you and I know, as I stated in the opening monologue, two areas that the church should be deadly serious about, and that's biblical anthropology, so that their soteriology or their gospel might have a relevant basis and premise for being communicated. Men are in trouble. Women are in trouble. And the other one is family. Family. Our families are being utterly devastated and decimated because of frivolous, carnal, silly, foolish, worldly endeavors. We are not engaging in the kind of vertical attention that we need to make sure that our families are grounded in God, grounded in the gospel. Yes, everyone says they know God, but by their works, they deny him. And that's exactly what Titus says. Now, notice what Titus says. He says in verse six, or verse five, if women are chaste, if they're keepers of the home, if they're good, obedient to their own husbands. Now, all that's anathema in this generation. They are to do that in order that the word of God be not blasphemed. So a lot of the blasphemy that's going on in our culture is a consequence of carnal, hypocritical Christianity. We don't do a good job. Verse six, young men likewise exhort to be sober minded in all things, showing yourself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncorruptness and gravity and insincerity. That means, again, be authentic. Don't be phony. There are a lot of people who think being a good Christian man is to be kind of this this kind of super serious, melancholy, uh, as it were, aloof, uh, dry theologian. Nothing could be further from the truth. You want to help people be real, be real, but also be thoughtful. So it, it says like this in verse eight, sound speech. That's what we're all called to. Sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is on the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. And finally, I want to say a few words before I go to the phone lines and close out with Joseph and Dan is that the Proverbs would lay it out like this in Proverbs 15. Listen to these. A soft word turneth away wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath. Now, that term soft answer means a thoroughly massaged, prepared communication. A thoroughly thought through, prepared basis of communication appropriate to the person or the situation at hand. Soft answer turns away wrath. But grievous words stirs up strife. Grievous words there literally means building an idol of arguments to defend yourself. And a lot of that goes on in marriage. Building an idol of arguments to defend yourself. Those are grievous words. But the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge appropriately. Here's another way it's put in Proverbs 15 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue therein is a breach in the spirit. I love the metaphor that Solomon is using. When you and I are not right in our words and in our tongues, we divide. <clears throat> we divide. There's a breach. And you know it as soon as it happens. When you and I go down the wrong path, when we say the wrong thing, when we engage in wrong conversation, corrupt words, gossip, slander, ridicule, unnecessary criticism, there's an immediate breach in the spirit, breach in your spirit because the Holy Spirit is grieved, breach in the spirit of that fellowship. And then Solomon goes on to use a very expressed term here that I'm going to close with and go to the phone lines. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, a wrathful man or woman, but he that is slow to anger appeases strife. And you and I are called to be peacemakers. Now, let me go to Joseph in San Francisco and uh, see what he has to say. Joseph, what's your question coming or observation today, sir? Right,
3: how are you doing? I heard you said a lot. Um, I wanted you to expound on Isaiah. Uh,
1: Fifty nine, I guess, uh, verses fourteen, probably through seventeen. I don't have so time. No, because we you know? okay. <laughs> no, we're, we're almost at we're almost at the end of the program, and that's a beautiful text of scripture that really does merit some insight. You're in Isaiah chapter fifty nine, verses fourteen through seventeen. I, I know that chapter. Listen to this: Isaiah fifty nine, verse fourteen. Well, actually, if you're going to be in Isaiah 59, you've got to start at least in verse in verse 13. So there's a, there's a lot there. What was your fundamental concern about that passage?
3: Well, it's because of the things I've been dealing with lately. Um, I've been dealing like, with the agency and certain institutions where mm-hmm. I know people have been doing things that they had no business doing. And right. They, like You go talk to them about it. And they wait till you, they can induce you to breach your spirit. Yep. Like you may cuss them out or something, and you go, wait a minute, that's not how a person of God is supposed to act. Right. And then you know, you look at them, well, you're in a position of authority, so you shouldn't be, you know, creating situations that make a person look like a false light that they're right. not. Right, You know, so. Right. Isaiah, like,
1: 59, Isaiah 59, Isaiah uh, 59, unfortunately, Joseph covers so many institutional variants and, and uh, circumstantial uh, problems where I, I think this is a very clear assessment on the part of the Spirit of God that when we are in a country like we are now, a postmodern country, a liberal culture that really does take truth and cast it to the ground where it's inclined to exercise unethical practices, immoral practices, criminal behavioral practices, and therefore um, is derelict in is duty. It frustrates it frustrates the common citizen and can frustrate the believer, too, particularly if you're trying to go to somebody who has authority and you're letting him know that this is a problem that we have to deal with. And that individual either blows you off or provokes you. That can be a huge problem. Uh, that is in some part, uh, indicated in Isaiah 59 for sure. And with that, I'm praying for you because, um, you, you don't want to be provoked by the unbeliever or the secularist to the point where you're cussing them out. Cause as a child of God, you know, we want to, we want to be, we want to do better than that. Um, but call me again and we can unpack this chapter a little bit more thoroughly and then make the more practical applications in the meanwhile. Okay. Br- I'm praying for you because I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I got a lot of brothers and sisters out there frustrated with the system, frustrated with what's going on. And they are being provoked and it will provoke one uh, to to act out of character, which, as you have already confessed, and that's the grace of God. When we can confess <laughs> it, it's the grace of God, Lord, man. We can say, Lord, you know, you know, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to have to go at him like this. I don't want yeah. to. That's the way I used to be. Why am I feeling like jacking this dude now? Right? I mean, yeah, I know what you're right, saying, right. man. No, we want to. Well, we wa- yeah. They, you know, they call it inducement. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Get back with me, man. All right. So call you what at this number? Again? Yeah. Next Monday. All right. Let's do next it. Monday. All right. Amen. I'll call you back. All right. Let me holler at Dan Thanks on line number much. two. Bless you, bro. Dan, what's going on? We got a couple minutes to chat. Good to hear from you. What's your thoughts?
3: Thank you. I wanted to preface my question with this remark that uh, what you've been presenting is very helpful.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank
3: you. My question is, uh, in regard to, as churches get smaller in a lot of neighborhoods, uh, you know, I understand that churches start on time, and they have a limited schedule, so you need to be out of there at a certain point, but if you could add additional activities, I'm wondering what kind of a a small group of, say, uh, three or six or ten people... To do to get involved with interactive Bible study? Because I was listening to some prayers, mm-hmm. some uh, didactic yeah. portions, and some narrative portions, and it seems like that would really help the membership to get engaged with the Bible itself.
1: I agree. I think that that would be an excellent uh, approach to enhancing the fellowship, particularly uh, and it doesn't matter whether it's small group, uh, small churches, or big churches. I am an Complete advocate, Brother Dan, of all of our social media formats to be used in a way to continue to connect us. We're spirits. And so that we have corporal bodies, that means that we have the luxury of meeting in a particular place does not limit us. Uh, In the capacity of fellowship, as you and I are doing right now, I'm talking to you from Fremont, you're over in Sonoma, but we are spiritually in the same place right now. So whether we are texting, whether we are uh, Facebooking, whether we are emailing or whether we are talking on the phone or whatever other methodology can be used when two or three gather together with a purposeful approach to going deeper in God's word, and they're part of a a community, they are going to be better for that. And I don't know a community that does not take advantage of this kind of uh, method to continue to grow and get stronger uh, uh, as a local body. It's absolutely essential. I I think it's absolutely critical because God gave it to us for us to be able to do what we're doing even right now, encouraging one another as we see the day drawing nigh. And I
3: think I forgot the word interactive.
1: No, you said it. Interactive. You said it. I got it. All those methods are absolutely critical. It should be interactive. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I'll pray that that may be the case for you and many others as well. I've enjoyed our topic today. Really, you guys moving up out of um, our basic um, monologue into becoming better at communicating and engaging one another for the glory of God and building uh, the local body of Christ in a way that God's exalted. Christ is glorified. The spirit is happy and you and I are built up. That's what we should be doing. Until next time, God bless you. Keep your eyes on Christ. He's the only glorious thing worth looking at.